Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store Soho. How are you guys feeling tonight? Well then, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming this evening's guest moderator, Jason Eldridge, and tonight's guest, Julia Stone. Hi, hi, hi you guys. <laughs> Welcome to the Meet the Musician series. I'm Jason Eldredge from East Village Radio and KCRW. And this is the lovely Julia Stone. Hello. We've become kind of good friends this weekend a little bit. We have. Um, Julia's been playing around town. She did my radio show uh, this past Friday. And so we've got to spend some time together. And we've been laughing backstage. Um, laughing and laughing. About all the ways that this could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we start talking about um, you growing up in Australia. You grew up outside of Sydney, right? Mm-hmm. About 40 minutes outside of the center of the city in a small beach community called Newport. And, um, and I guess it was a mix of being on the beach and then my grandparents were cattle farmers, so they had a farm about three hours north of Sydney, so we'd spend our summer holidays kind of on the beach and then the winter holidays up on the farm. So we kind of went between beach life and farm life. And then your parents actually are musicians as well, right? Like you kind of grew up in a musical family. Was there... We'll talk a little bit about your parents because okay. they're, it's great what they do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're folk singers. Yeah, well, they, they started... like. Mum and Dad don't sing together anymore. They separated when we were, well, when I was 16. But before that, when they first, first met, they fell in love over sailing. They both love sailing. And my grandparents on Mum's side, uh, they're like avid sailors. I mean, they used to sail in the Melbourne to Japan yacht races every year. And just the two of them, Granny and Grandpa, on a 60-foot yacht. And anyway, so my dad, he was a competitive sailor. And his boat blew up one day, and he was selling the lead in the hull to my grandfather, my mum's mum, turned up, she answered the door, he fell in love, four weeks later they were engaged. They went over to Europe to go sailing in Europe, and during that time, I guess to get by, they didn't have much money, they, formed, they both played music, and they formed a folk duo, and sort of played in cafes and restaurants, and they'd get food and, you know, sing for people. And then came back to Australia, had a baby, and um, my dad kept playing music and my mum, she kind of stopped then, but she always sang. But my dad's still in the same band to this day. I love it. And he's still playing out in Australia. And yeah, I just saw him actually back in January. He played down at the local bar. It's called Little Avalon. And he, um, he, there was about 10 people there. And, <laughs> and now uh, Angus and me turned up and, you know, to support him, of course. And he's just the biggest legend. Dad's like the kind of person that um, as long as he's playing music or sailing or playing golf, he's the happiest man in the world. So he's up on stage, he wears like weird bad Hawaiian shirts and this really <laughs> kind of funky old leather jacket. And he's just in this really dodgy bar with, you know, carpeted floors, it's like an RSL, playing to 10 really drunk people, having the best time of his life. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. So, um, so music was clearly around the house. I forget that this is going to be, he can hear this. Yeah, no, he definitely can. He definitely can. I should probably 
be kinder. There was like 2,000 people there. It was massive. It was a stadium show. It was huge. It was a really big show. I had to like wait. And yeah, you as his daughter couldn't get in. Um, so music was obviously around the house. And um, when did you decide that you wanted to sing and play music yourself? Um, or was it a definitive decision? Well, I mean, to play like this, to be writing songs and to tour, I think really started because of Angus. I mean, he was writing music, really beautiful music, but he was my little brother and I never really had much to do with him at home. I mean, he was in his world and I was in mine. And, and then I finished high school and I fell in love and bought a ticket to around the world to go traveling with my boyfriend at the time. And we, um, we went to South America because his family were from South America. And we went on this big adventure and we went into the Amazon and Angus flew over to meet us and go on this trek with us. And it was crazy. I mean, it was crocodiles and, you know, trekking seven hours into this little community right in the center of the jungle. And, and this was the first time I'd seen Angus really play these songs he was writing. And I didn't play guitar or anything at the time. And, um, and he had a guitar with him and he taught me a few songs on the guitar. And, and then, I kept traveling for seven months, got back to Australia, Angus and I moved in together and by this time I'd written a lot of songs and he had all his songs and we started doing open mic nights and I guess, um, I don't know, I guess it sort of started to make sense that this was something that was fun to do for us. And yeah, and it totally took off. I mean, you had an album in 2007, another one in 2010, and there was a lot of like placements in film and TV and stuff like that, and um, it seemed like your, your guys' music was kind of everywhere. And so, um, also in 2010, you worked on, uh, you kind of did like a little side solo record, right? Mm -hmm. um, which was, what's the name of that the one? The Memory Machine. Memory Machine, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then, um, and so now you're getting set to, well, actually it comes out today. It came out today, the brand new um, album by the Horns. Mm -hmm. And um, talk a little bit about, I guess, the recording process of this record that came out today. Um, were they songs that you had been working on and writing sort of right along that you were sort of saving up? Or was it something that you... Um, decided you wanted to put out a record and then, you know, worked from that end in, uh, in writing songs for it? Well, I guess what had happened was Angus and I was, we were touring Down the Way, which was our last record we did together. And for us, always on the road, songwriting is a way to, um, I don't know, have, have time to ourselves, you know, it's so busy and, and we really love it. It's, it's such a lovely way to live and to get up on stage and play each night and, but it can be very, um, hectic, you know, meeting people and, you know, music and anyway, so for, for us, songwriting was this kind of quiet time. So we we're always writing and I think for both of us, it was, it was, um, kind of we had this kind of backlog of songs that we had had written that we'd never recorded and so making the memory machine was part of trying to get those songs out and 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 um and then the same thing happened with this I had this collection of songs and I was thinking all right what I'll do is I'll I'll rent a studio um and get the boys from the band that I was touring with with Angus to come and play these songs and just record them and I didn't have a plan of putting out a record on my own at all for this with, for this record, but I really wanted Thomas, who ended up producing this, to come and play on the record. And he, when I sent him the email saying, do you want to come and 
play for a week in the Catskills, he was like, why don't, um, why don't I produce it and we spend a week in New York doing it with, with Pat, who was a co-producer. And anyway, so we ended up here in New York recording these songs and Angus was back in Australia working on some extra songs that he had backlogged from stuff. And, and I mean, originally we had already recorded, you know, maybe another 20 songs for a possible another record together back last year. And then once we did, once we both started working on our solo things, I guess, working with Thomas and Pat and the musicians who played on this record and these songs, I just, I felt really like this was the right thing to do was to take some time to play these songs live and you know do something with this album in in a different way than the past you know than the memory machine just putting it out and Angus felt the same about his record and so yeah here we are so. well it's interesting that you say you know that it's kind of it, it, the the <coughs> songs were birthed out of a more you know intimate or private moment because uh, listening to the record today, I mean, there are a lot of brutally honest songs, and you know, it's it's really touching how uh, how sort of deep um, a lot of the a lot of the work goes, and how intimate a lot of the songs are. Particularly, the title track is uh, is pretty it's pretty powerful. Um, I'm wondering about certain influences of yours, um, you know, other artists and, and stuff like that. I know you you tend to do covers and and things like that at times. Um, do you, do you do you find that you have uh, other influences of artists either recording today or from the past that you kind of go to as like your little well of or your muse or or anything like that? Well, I mean, particularly for this record, I think a, a big inspiration for it happening, the way that it happened, and the sounds of it was because of um, the records made by Thomas, which is called Dove Man, and I listened to those for so long. It was a lot of the stuff that I was listening to while touring. So when he and Pat came on as producers, I think I always sort of knew it would have that sort of influence to it. And um, and I, I can hear that in there, that kind of, that inspiration from those records. And, and then, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I guess um, I was listening to a lot of Midlake f over the last couple of years, The Courage of Others and The Trials of Vianoki Panther. I don't think it sounds anything like those guys, but I just love their music. Um, I don't know, there's heaps of stuff. I guess it's all, it's all, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. No, no, that's good. I mean, that's totally, that's honest. <laughs> Um, well, I think we can open the floor up to uh, to a few questions from the audience. If anybody has anything that they want to ask Julia before she sings a few songs, don't be shy. She's very, very nice, and there aren't any wrong questions. <laughs> if you had to pick a favorite song on your new record, what would it be, and why? Um, I think at the moment I would say Justine. And um, why? Because it was a song that I um, I was, we always carry um, a mandolin or a ukulele or something in the car while we're traveling so that we can write songs in the car and play and sing. And, um, and we had just played this run of festivals in Australia called The Big Day Out. And it was just, it was really loose, you know, it was like, Tool was headlining and Rammstein. I mean, it's so strange. It was, and then us, and um, and and so we were having a lot of fun. And but it was, I don't know. There was something kind of 
I don't know, strange and dark about that time as well. And we had this mandolin and I always was playing this finger picking pattern that ended up being on the track Justine and and I was singing these lyrics over and over again and then and then I could but I never knew what I wanted to say and the lyrics kept on changing and it was kind of a year of having this song that was just a car song and sort of have to sing and and then even when I got into the studio I didn't think I was gonna record it and we got into the studio and we recorded it and on the day of recording it I still didn't have lyrics for the song and each time we did a take I'd sing a different version of the song and um, and I felt really embarrassed because <laughs> you know it's like Pat and Thomas are kind of like oh you know what are you saying and I didn't know what I was saying and um, I know it sounds terrible <laughs> uh, but eventually I chose you know, I chose a take and I still had no idea what the song was about and um, and now when I listen to it, it's like I know what it's about, you know, for me and it makes sense to me, but it didn't make sense at all for so long and, and so that's exciting and I, I like the, the feeling of that, you know, it was an unknown entity. Anyone else? Um, I'm wondering what it was like to be in a band with your brother. I imagine that's interesting writing together and how it changed your relationship? Yeah, it was really interesting to to work with Angus. I mean, because originally, I think it started because it was convenient, you know, it was, it was like we were living together and we both wrote songs and we both uh, lived, you know, out of the city and where the venue was meant that we did these big drives into the city to play shows. So at the start, I think, it was always just a matter of convenience and then and then it sort of unfolded and we ended up on the road and living together in London and I don't know, I guess for both of us, we never wrote together. We've only written together three times, once for my dad's wedding and um, another time for a film once and, um, and that was really fun but I think we really thought of ourselves and always have thought of ourselves as separate entities. So then to be doing this for a job together it was very odd and we weren't friends, you know, we were brother and sister and, and it was, I don't know, I mean, I think he would say the same thing, but it was a really big opportunity for us to get to know each other and to become friends and I think so often the cases with families is that once you leave school and you leave the home, you don't really get to know your family, you see them at Christmas or birthdays and all of a sudden we were spending every day together and yeah and so I don't know I feel really um, like that it was very challenging especially to start off with and over the years he became my best friend and it was amazing you know sometimes I just look at him on stage and you know he'd he'd do something or say something and just you know feel love and I'd never felt like that as a kid I just you just I don't know I felt like I didn't have that much connection with my family and it was really nice to develop that and and have that in my life, you know. So it was it was both things, good and bad. <laughs> in the back, though. Hey, Julia. When Hi. I listen to um, your music with Angus and your music, I get the sense it's very intimate and very introverted, and that you guys have that kind of small, you know, that small view of the world that's very kind of intimate and connected. How do you guys go about doing that on tour and you're out here like right here in the middle of New York talking about your music and constantly kind of being asked questions of? How do you guys make sense of that and what gives you your energy? 
That's a good question. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's one of the hardest parts, I think, of what, what comes with doing this. I mean, we love making music and it's so easy to make music because it feels so natural and it's always been a part of our family's communication and, you know, we, we grew up always hearing our mum expressing herself through music, even though she didn't do it as a job, you know, it was like she was the kind of woman who would be walking through the supermarket singing at the top of her lungs and you're like, Mom, come on, this is embarrassing, you know? <laughs> but she was just, she was so free-spirited and very expressive and, and she encouraged us to be the same way. So it never felt like an odd thing to get up on stage and sing, but then to talk about it and to, uh, to find ways to communicate with an audience was, was something that, you know, it took time and it's still, you know, it's still a learning thing. I mean, I'm m much more nervous talking to you guys right now than I am when I'm singing. And um, I think it's just trying to be, um, you know, to breathe and f find um, a way to be here and not be scared or... And, uh, yeah, we both got better at it. It was really horrible to start off with. Our parents used to come to shows and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, it sounded great, it's just... Maybe it's better if you guys don't say anything between songs. Because <laughs> it was just... So supportive. Yeah, so supportive. <laughs> so encouraging. Our family's very honest. <laughs> but yeah, does that answer the question? Okay. In the back row. Oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Julia. Hi. Um, what's one piece of advice that you would give aspiring musicians? Um... I would say um, to make music because you love making music and uh, I mean it seems kind of um, contradictory to to want to make music and share it with other people and not have expectations about that or the desire to kind of you know do something with that but it's almost like the less you expect the more I think can happen I think I don't know, I think sometimes it gets really confusing as a musician because at the heart of what you do, you, you're making music because you just love making sounds and you love expressing yourself and then, um, and then once it turns into a career choice or, or you know, how, how do I survive from doing this, it can get confusing. And, um, and I think once that happens, there's the potential for the lines to get blurred about it being art or being a good career choice or things like that. So I would say that always to try and remember the reason why you started writing music or started playing music and to try and be authentic about what it means to you and, and be um, accepting that, you know, it's great to play music to your family at a Christmas dinner and it's amazing to play music to hundreds of people, it doesn't matter. Both are really beautiful experiences and if, if one turns out to happen more often than the other, then that's great. You know, either way, it's all good. <laughs> I just was wondering how it was working with the producers with your recent work. On By the Horns? Yeah. They're really horrible people, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only saying that because they're in the room. So, are oh, they? <laughs> it was really, really fun. I mean, Thomas is a good friend, and so is Pat. And um, 
and they're incredibly talented musicians as well as producers and they brought so many good people to the project it was really nice i didn't i didn't really choose any of the band i hadn't played with any of the people before that um i played actually one show with them but they were all new new musicians for the songs and there was just so much there's so much trust in that i guess with angus it's always been people that we've been touring with and and i guess the two of us are so connected in the way that we think about music and and so working in this environment was really exciting because it all required trust and i think everybody in the studio trusted thomas and pat and and it made it really enjoyable and they love good food and good wine and so it's always a mix of you know playing music and then going out and you know enjoying a nice a nice meal and yeah they're great guys they're really easy to work with well that's a good note to end on because we'll bring them out here mm -hmm. and um yeah you guys here and uh listening on the podcast are definitely in for a treat so why don't we bring the band out the brand new album by the horns is available as of today and Julia, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank everyone for coming out as well. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Julia Stone.